Nothing quite like doing a puzzle of the Tibetan Wheel of Life, having a little intimate knowledge of cycles of life, death, rebirth, spending a week on it, and getting to the end and discovering that you are missing the last piece. No, no. <laughs> learning lots, learning lots. Bree and Jesse are learning lots. They'll learn so much, their heads will grow. There won't be anything they don't know. They'll make Einstein look like a stupid schmo. And you can learn lots too with Bree and Jesse. Hi, I'm Jesse Ennis. Aloha, I'm Yay Ibre. And I'm Yay SEJ. And Earway, Earlingway, Otsley. Today's topic day is Yay Uzzlespay. Oh no. <laughs> Today's topic's puzzles, okay? Puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. Henry E. Dudney, one of the greatest puzzle makers of all time, once said that puzzle solving, like virtue, is its own reward. What do you think makes a good puzzle? It's all about finding that perfect level of challenge. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be too challenged to where you're frustrated, but you also don't want it so easy that you're breezing right through it. But I find a puzzle to be remarkably soothing. Puzzles really got me through the first chunk of quarantine. Which kind? Are we talking jigsaw? A jigsaw, yes. A jigsaw mm -hmm. puzzle. Did a very complicated puzzle that was a graph of important historical pieces of architecture. So Wow. I don't know if I retained any information, but I definitely felt like I was learning while I was doing it. What about other kinds of puzzles? I love crossword puzzles in particular. I'm a New York Times crossword puzzler. Do you like escape rooms? Escape rooms are bomb. Escape rooms mm -hmm. are number one, incredible, 100%. Yes. What about you? I love an escape room. My entrance, my foray into escape rooms was via my boss, Megan Gans, who brought all of the women from Mythic Quest to an escape room as a bonding experience, which was brilliant. Oh. It could have backfired, but I'm grateful to have found that my co-stars and I all really like <laughs> putting our heads together and figuring things out together. And they're all just lovely people to be around. I, too, was brought into an escape room as a team-building exercise. I was doing a movie, and the director was like, this would be great. You guys are going to bond. It ended with all of us yelling at each other. <laughs> we lost. We all stormed out, didn't say goodbye to one another. <gasps> what? <laughs> Honest to God, like, worst nightmare. If I'm not going to win, I don't want it. One of my best escape room moments was one in New Orleans that I did with the AD department from Captain Marvel. It was thrilling. And what I also loved about this particular escape room was that if you get out, then you get the opportunity to buy merchandise. <laughs> so I love that you paid to go into this room. You win. And then they're like, congratulations. Would you like to spend $25 on a t-shirt? Which I promptly did. Of course. <laughs> of course. It was a dream come true. I love a sort of mystery puzzle, I guess you could say. Ooh, ooh, like a murder mystery? Yes, murder mystery. I have a subscription to Hunt a Killer. Hashtag not an ad. They've taken a lot of my money. <laughs> they mail me basically different cases and I pretend that I'm a private investigator. That has now taken over my Sunday. I have my cup of coffee. I'm like, don't worry, everyone. I'm out here solving crime, making myself useful. <laughs> It's like only me. Of course, I could turn my pleasure into, no, this is good for the world. Like, that's what I have to do <laughs> in order to you're relax. You're just solving completely fabricated murders, and you're like, 100%. Did a mitzvah. <laughs> Michelle Grace counting on me. 
They're also great gifts. A hunter killer. This still is not an ad. I know. <laughs> but I swear I, it's not an ad, but we do love it. Although we're hunter killer, if you're looking for ad space, we're, we'll passionately make you an ad. I'll, <laughs> I'll gift people hunter killer boxes for Christmas. For instance, I gave my dad a murder mystery box to solve, and we opened it right then, and then it became an activity for everybody to do on Christmas, which was really fun. What about creating puzzles? Do you feel like you've created any riddles or puzzles for other people to solve? You mean like my being? Am I an enigma to, <laughs> to be solved? I have. For Bree's birthday one year, I created a scavenger hunt and you did not see it coming. I had essentially enlisted all of our friends, your mom, my mom, and we figured out a way to lead you through a scavenger hunt. This was right after you wrapped Captain Marvel. And we just showed up at your house. We had all these different little bits planned. So it started with one person playing a song for you. And then there was a knock at the door. And I came in with a bag full of stuff. And I was like, okay, you need a bathing suit. You need clothes you can work out in. You're going to want a towel and bring some sunblock. And so it was like the race is on. It went all over LA. And then at the end of it, it led to your mom's house where we had a pool party waiting for you. And that was so fun. To be the person orchestrating it, I just felt like Santa Claus or something. I was like, so magical. Ugh. I'm so grateful for that. To think of all of you taking all this time and having all these meetings and planning out. <laughs> we had sit-down, in-person meetings. Of course. Yes, it makes sense. It was incredibly elaborate. Everything was perfect. Thank you. I love magic. I love puzzles. And it's part of why I'm super excited for this guest, David Kwong. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's a magician. He's a puzzle maker. He also makes crossword puzzles for the New York Times. He creates experiences. I've been to two of his most recent shows. He did one in New York called The Enigmatist. It was this immersive evening of puzzles. There was also cryptology and illusions. You actually had to solve puzzles even to get in to get to your seat. It was so fun. It's a true thrill. And then he also had a show that he did virtually through the Geffen that was also amazing and just such a great way to uplift spirits at a time when we can't be together. He brought the magic through, you know, my iPad. And so I'm excited to talk with him about that, about what it's like to be a mastermind in creating immersive, magical experiences for people. He also creates puzzles and illusions for movies and television, and he works as a producer and magic consultant. He's worked on projects like Now You See Me, The Imitation Game, and the forthcoming Ghostbusters movie. So excited to talk about puzzles, magic, and fun. Hi, David. Hi, David. Great to see you guys. Great to see you. So we're here to talk about puzzles. I mean, we're also here to talk about magic because puzzles are magic. But let's start with puzzles. You have a super in-depth knowledge of puzzles. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of puzzles? Like, why did we come up with this? Well, thank you. I don't, I don't know if I'm the world's foremost expert in puzzles, but I certainly enjoy performing them. I think that's what I, um, I've brought to the table I've somehow put puzzles on the stage and I give audiences a chance to feel smart. It's been a great thing for me to fuse magic and puzzles together and create this hybrid performance. I think the first puzzle is how as cave people do we get around the saber-toothed tiger to get the <laughs> mm -hmm. food, come up with solutions and innovate within the given constraints of the situation. How did you get into puzzles? What inspired you? So words and wordplay have always been a thing between me and my mother, who is a history professor. I played Scrabble with her when I was a kid. She got me into the New York Times crossword puzzle. And there was this 
really life-changing moment when I was 16 years old, where I went to hear Will Shorts, the editor of the New York Times crossword, speaking about the crossword puzzle. It was on Cape Cod. He signed my puzzle book for me. Mm. To David, a puzzle champ, <laughs> Will Shorts, and my life was changed forever. So that was the beginning of it. I had my first puzzle printed in the New York Times in 2003. So it's been a lifelong passion as it is for so many people. I love hearing the stories how people, they solve them with their grandparents and my grandmother would do the Sunday puzzle in pen. She would never erase Whoa. anything. <laughs> Whoa. There's a real legacy in the crossword puzzle. Was the crossword puzzle the first puzzle that you made or were you kind of tinkering with other types of puzzles before that? I think as a kid messing around with code wheels and secret messages. And that really goes hand in hand with magic and deceiving people and being sneaky. Those were probably the first puzzles. And that's really the crux of a lot of my performances is that illusions and magic tricks are puzzles, right? I'm asking you, the smart audience, to see if you can figure out what's going on. Apparently, you have been a member in good standing of the Scrabble Association for a very long time, since you were very young. Tell me about your favorite words. So yeah, I'm a proud member of the National Scrabble Association, or I was. I, I don't think I am anymore. But they would send you an envelope full of word lists. And it was like Christmas, guys. It was like, <gasps> look at all these two-letter words and three-letter words and vowel <laughs> dumps that are 70% vowels and up, you know, and the U-list keywords. So you have Q-A-T is very important in Scrabble. I believe that's a type of shrub. Here's the thing. You don't have to know what it means. You just have to know <laughs> that true, it is it's true. allowed. The quanat, Q-A-N-A-T. I also don't know how to pronounce these words. Maybe I it's just a conat. It's probably just a conat. I believe that is a series of tunnels used for irrigation. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the kiviet, Q-I-V-I-U-T. Okay, there's a U in it, but it's later. That is the hair of a musk ox. Q-I, which is the chi right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That envelops all of us, that force. Mm -hmm. That's QI. And I think that kind of ruined the game of Scrabble because now it's too easy to get rid of the Q. But, you know, I'm very passionate about this. And ZA? Also ruined the game of Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here with your ZA. ZA? Yeah. Okay. Z A. Well. It means pizza. Oh, no. Oh, that's no, so it doesn't. unsatisfying. Yeah. yeah. They let's added that a... because they're saying it's pizza? I don't like Yeah, that. let's go get a slice of ZA. Mm -hmm. I never heard it in my life. When did that happen? When did that era of <laughs> Zaw happen that I didn't know about? I think they added Zaw about 10 years ago. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. Jesse and I were talking about this earlier. Like, There's a certain satisfaction point where it's just hard enough that you feel like you accomplished something, but not too hard that it's impossible. Are you relying on the audience, people with puzzle knowledge, or do you have to really refine? Because I'm sure you can do much harder puzzles than a lot of us could do. Yes, you have to know your audience and calibration is the most difficult thing for a puzzle maker. In my performances and in my immersive shows, I try to have something for everybody and I might have two tracks going. So there's this accessible track where everybody can figure out the puzzle. And even if they don't, when I reveal what the answer is, there's this aha moment that everybody can appreciate. Then I always bury something deeper for the more expert solvers to go down the rabbit hole and see if you can figure it out. Great example of that. Bree, you saw my show in New York, The Enigmatist. I made a video trailer for it. And what I love about that trailer is you watch it and then I say hit pause and see if you can figure out the secret message. And then five seconds later, I reveal it. 
And I think most people go, oh, of course, I should have seen that coming. And that's that aha moment that we want. But then I turn to the camera and I say, if you want to go deeper, there is another secret message hidden in this trailer. And that leads to a website with a multi-layered puzzle hunt. I always try to have a video puzzle, an audio puzzle, wordplay, maybe a logic puzzle, something for everybody. You have to divide them up to get through all of them in an hour. Everyone's competitive spirit comes out. Are there puzzles that you haven't solved? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, there are famously unsolved puzzles out there, certain secret codes that have never been broken. Well, let's talk about the MIT mystery hunt. Ooh. So what I was just describing, a puzzle hunt, the MIT mystery hunt is the version of that like on steroids. It is the Olympics of puzzle solving. It's every year at MIT over the long weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. And teams will basically not sleep for two and a half days as they solve hundreds and hundreds of puzzles that all come together. They all link together with these meta puzzles on top of meta puzzles to the final answer. And I can hang out for like a day with those people. And then it just gets way over my head. The thing about the MIT Mystery Hunt is if your team wins it, then you design it for the next year. Oh, cool. So I have some friends right now. They are very, very hard at work right now and take a lot of pride in crafting the most ingenious multi-layered puzzle hunt possible. So where does it go over your head? What is the element that makes it so you're like, uh, I'm out? There's just certain patterns that I don't see. There are puzzle types that I'm unfamiliar with. I think some people are really encyclopedic about the different types of puzzles and how to extract an answer in a clever way, in a new way. You tip your hat to the constructor who's come up with an, a brand new innovative way to disguise an answer. They're hard to spot. And some people are very, very good at staring at a matrix of things and realizing what you have to do to pull that answer out. Do you have a favorite real-life magic trick or illusion that you've witnessed? I will tell you that I love Penn & Teller. Great. I have a similar approach where I don't pretend to have superpowers, and they've been doing it for decades. They're irreverent, and they say, none of this is real. We're going to do the cups and balls, the classic trick, and we're going to do it with clear plastic cups so you can wow. see the ball the entire time. And that's one of their famous, famous things. And anything they do like that, I really appreciate because it's basically saying to the audience, this isn't real magic. The hand is quicker than the eye and see if you can keep up with what we're doing. Wow, that's really cool. So when you watch something like that, do you see the trickery in it or are you left in amazement? Like when you watch a magic show, do you know everything everyone's doing or are there moments where you're like, how did they do that? I'm pretty fluent in illusions. I usually know what's going on. I can be misdirected because I'm a human being and if there's very strong misdirection, I might look in the wrong place, which is exactly what they want me to do. Look over here because there was a flash of light or a brightly colored <laughs> parrot has just flown out of a hat. And you look at that and you don't want to miss that. That's cool. And they want you to look at that because that's when they're right. sneaking their next thing, right? So I can be misdirected. And then I have to think, oh, that's when they did that. And I can kind of piece it back all together. So I want to go back to the New York Times crossword puzzle. Can you explain how a New York Times crossword puzzle comes together. How do you start? How do you come up with a theme? Okay, so the New York Times crossword is themed Monday through Thursday and Sunday. So Friday and Saturday are themeless. It's just a lot of white space, fewer black squares, long, difficult answers. The puzzle gets harder and harder throughout the week. Saturday is the hardest day. Sunday is like a Thursday plus. It's a bigger puzzle. It's 
21 by 21. The rest of the week is 15 by 15. And Thursday and Sunday is when you get to be devious as a crossword maker and you have multiple letters in a square and words going backward and upside down and you can get really tricky. And I try to write those. I'm drawn to really messing with my audience. So I've written a number of Thursday puzzles. How do I come up with a theme? I think my radar is always on for wordplay and anagramming things and parsing things differently. So, you know, if it were James Bond, instead of James Bond, it's James B on D. So maybe you have Mm -hmm. a lot of letter Bs on Ds. You break words down in new ways. Is there a puzzle in particular that you're the most proud of? I had a Thursday puzzle that was on Halloween, and that is one of the days when you can be extra tricky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here's what I did. So right down the middle of the puzzle, I put the word mirrors, M-I-R-R-O-R-S, mirrors. And then on the left side of the puzzle, in four places, I found four Universal Studio monsters from their monster movies. And I flipped them on the right side, as in they were going through the mirror. They were reflected through the mirror. The first one in the upper left-hand corner was Wolfman. On the right side was Namflow, which is Wolfman backward, Wolfman reflected. The next one was Monster, as in the monster in Frankenstein. And on the right-hand side, you had Retznam, because it's reflected through the mirror. And then there was Phantom from Phantom of the Opera is... Motnap, or however you want to pronounce that. (laughs) And then in the lower left-hand corner, in the bottom was Dracula, and there was no reflection on the right side. Oh, Oh. yeah. Very satisfying. That is satisfying. That's the dunk, right? (laughs) And solvers had to figure out that you just didn't put anything in those squares. They were empty. No reflection there. So... That um, I'm proud of. You should be. That's crazy. Thank you. It's so cool. I love that. It's a little story, takes you through it. There's a twist and then, uh, you know, the punch in the face. But (laughs) the thing about the aha moment is two things happen simultaneously. You feel smart about yourself because you cracked the puzzle. And you also respect the person who came up with the trick to begin with. So there's this like simultaneous respect for yourself and for the person who made it in that aha moment. So I hope people enjoyed the aha moment in that one. There's another crossword I made with my friend Kevin Chosit, and it was a Sunday magazine puzzle. And it was an homage to Mad Magazine and Al Jaffe, who I believe just turned 100 or he's in his late 90s. And he, for over 50 years, in the inside back cover of Mad Magazine, had the fold-in. And the fold-in was a piece of artwork that accordion folds, the right side comes over to the left, creating a new picture. And Kevin and I constructed a crossword that you could fold the right side over to the left and it would reveal a whole new set of words. Whoa. It took like two years to make. We did it for the glory. (laughs) Wow. I didn't even think about the time it takes to create it. So that took two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you put it down. I know. You got to like mull it over, come back to it. When you're developing a puzzle, it's kind of like it's coming together for you. It's a puzzle that you're solving as you're creating it. Yes, absolutely. Puzzles, they test our ability to be creative and innovative within the constraints of the situation. And for a crossword puzzle constructor, there are these rules that we have to obey as we make the puzzle. 
So 365 days a year, every morning in the newspaper, we crossword constructors are coming up with a new twist, a new bit of wordplay, a new theme that, first of all, has never been done before, right? We try to come up with new bits of wordplay and new ways to mess with people. So that's the first constraint, right? Can we come up with something new and not copy something that someone's already done? But then we also have the constraints of the literal grid. It's got to be 15 by 15 or 21 by 21. There can only be a certain number of black squares. The black squares have to be symmetrical. If you flip the newspaper 180 degrees, if you rotate it, the black squares usually will be in the same place if it has rotational symmetry. Whoa. Sometimes you do vertical symmetry. I'm looking, Jesse, I'm looking at the poster behind you of Andre the Giant. Like I can imagine a vertically symmetric crossword puzzle that you can make with the black and white pixels of his face. He's like, and I'll send it to you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to get to work on it. (laughs) I also want to talk about the show that you did during quarantine, the puzzle show that I attended that was just so wonderful. Could you talk a little bit about that? So it started with The Enigmatist, which was my show that I did in New York, which was an an immersive evening of illusions and puzzles. And that was meant to be in Los Angeles in May of 2020. It was going to be at the Geffen Playhouse, which is a prominent theater here in LA. And as we all know, things happen and talk about the uh, ultimate way of being innovative within the constraints of the world. The Geffen and I decided to put on this virtual puzzle show. I wrote a brand new show called Inside the Box. They came and they built a set in my house and I did it 168 times. And it was a real big hit and very satisfying for me. The New York Times gave it a critic's pick, which Mm. I'm proud to say it was it was really a lot of fun. And it took people through the history of puzzles from the ancient Greeks up through the crossword puzzle to Martin Gardner and the overlap of puzzles and magic famous Japanese puzzle makers. So a real colorful tapestry of the history of puzzles. And then also I presented the live audience with puzzles and it was wave your hand if you know the answer. And I would call on people. I give a lot of credit to Josh Higgison and the design team and Brett Benakis, the uh, production designer and the design lead. And they hacked Zoom and they were able to figure out a way to pop people up in bubbles like a game show. So if I called on you, Jesse, you would pop up right next to me and you would have the spotlight and you would tell everybody your answer and oh, you would feel so smart. Cool. And <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and you would feel smart. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. The goal is let people feel smart because they are. So there were, of course, a couple of things going on the entire time that get revealed at the end. And, uh, you know, you can't have too many layers on that stuff. So it was a lot of fun. It ran mid-September to March 1st. It was so wonderful and sweet and such a great change of pace to my everyday and brought me into something magical again. And I also just want to say that anytime I go to your shows, I enjoy it and I am stressed for (laughs) you. (laughs) You must have backup plans, right? Are there backup plans to these tricks or to these puzzles in case it goes awry, please tell me you do. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to be stressed when I go to your shows. <laughs> There's so much going on there with what you just said. I have to break down a lot of parts of it. So, okay, great. Okay. First of all, you're stressed and you're stressed because 
a lot of what I do on stage are feats of mental gymnastics. I, I try to build a crossword puzzle in real time. I try to make a Scrabble board as quickly as possible and some very quick math. And it's very much putting out there to the audience, can he pull it off with a timer going the whole time? So yes, I understand that you're stressed. There are backup plans, yes. We call them outs. There's always an out. And that is like a pivot to take the trick in a different direction if things go wrong. For the most part, there are some tricks, there's no going back. You're just trying to pull it off. <laughs> oh, no. I think persona and character is a big part of magic shows. And there's a very famous quote by Robert Houdin, who's the great French magician. Well, that's where Houdini gets his name, Houdin. And he says that a magician is an actor playing the part of a magician. So you choose your character. I think I'm very much playing myself, but there's a big difference between what I'm doing and trying to accomplish feats of mental agility and what someone like Chris Angel is doing or a daredevil magician where they're trying to walk over the alligator pit without falling in. And I think audiences, to some extent, when they're watching a daredevil like that, they're kind of hoping Chris Angel falls into the alligator pit, you know? So it's what do you elicit out of your audience? And I think in my shows, I'm getting people to root for me and hope that I can finish the feat before the timer runs out. Yes, definitely rooting for you <laughs> with sweaty hands. I'm not pretending to have superpowers. They are feats based on real skills and well-practiced games and patterns and things that I've been doing my whole life. My ultimate out is if I don't finish it in time, I can kind of laugh it off and everybody's like, okay with it. And we just keep going, <laughs> you know, but a more daredevil magician, if they don't pull it off. They're dead. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that's a letdown. He was supposed to escape from that cage and he's still stuck in the cage, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of subtle differences. And that's just my approach. I hope you can all come see the enigmatist. I'm hoping to do it here in Los Angeles in the fall. If the oh world behaves. Yes. Oh, wow. This is the first the world is hearing of this. We're announcing it in a couple of weeks. So I definitely want to be there. Yes, please come. Oh, gosh. It's so fun. And it's so fun to bring your friends to because you're just like, trust me, it's cool. Like, you know, it's just like, I just feel like it's my flex. Like, I do no work whatsoever. I just buy a ticket. I just feel like I'm like, yeah, hmm, you're going to have a good time. Sorry. <laughs> and it starts with an escape room that you oh. have to solve to get into the show. So yes. we will build it this summer in the lobby of the Geffen. How have puzzles enriched your life? Do you feel like they transfer over into other areas? Do you feel like they help you in other walks of life? I think that it's really helped me in the other creative areas that I work in. I treat puzzles as storytelling and I treat storytelling as puzzles. And when I'm working on a script, I'm you know similarly thinking about how to lead people from point A to point B with a little bit of misdirection and then have this moment at the end where you feel an immense amount of satisfaction, that aha moment where you feel smart, right? No one, no one wants to watch a movie where if it's a mystery, where they never had a chance to actually figure it out, right? You want to give them that chance, or at least this subtle, make them feel like they had a chance, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's ideal. And you're always one step ahead. So they never really could like catch up. But if you lay out all those pieces there, then maybe if they uh, were paying attention, they would have a chance to put it all together. Did you love watching mysteries and detective shows as a kid? 
I wouldn't say that I'm the most well-versed in, in them, but I can appreciate the really good ones. And I really loved Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. I think that did exactly what I just described, which is yeah. all those pieces were right there if you knew what to look for. Yeah, that movie fooled me. Usual Suspects, which every guy my age had a poster hanging in his college dorm <laughs> like that. You know, th that is the same thing, right? It was all right there. It was all right there. Do you think when you're writing a movie like that, do you have to know the end goal before you start? Absolutely. And writing a puzzle, you're working backward. And probably, yes, I think it also describes a magic trick, right? You're coming up with, in magic, we call it the effect. Mm -hmm. What's the moment you want everybody to experience? That big, powerful moment, that's the effect. And then the method is how you create that effect. And for a magic trick, there are a dozen different possible methods for the effect that you want to create. If I want this coffee mug that I'm holding to disappear, that would be the effect. The method could be it's made of paper and I could secretly crumple it into my hand. I got a wire on it that pulls it behind my head. Jeez, I don't know. I'd have to come up with some other other methods. <laughs> Those were two very solid ones that just blew my mind, okay? That was enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna ruin magic for all you guys. Yeah, maybe when someone's crouched behind me and they just kind of take the coffee mug out of my hand when you're, you know. You can do a lot over Zoom. <laughs> Jesse and I are really big on people that are very specific with their loves. And so you are this brilliant mix of magician puzzler so can you talk a little bit about your meld of cards and words that is very unique to you? So I cross-pollinated the worlds of magic and puzzles. And I think that is how you make something unique. That is one of the best ways is if you take two different things and you put them together to create a brand new thing. So it's very specific to overlap magic and puzzles. And my signature trick is a card trick. And I did it on my 30th birthday. I threw a party for my friends and I thought, I'm, I'm going to do a trick and try to blow everyone's minds. And I made a blank crossword puzzle grid, a 15 by 15 grid. I put it in a picture frame, put it on an easel. And I had somebody yell out a long word for me to start with. And I put it on the board and I started putting in the black squares and keeping the symmetry. And I started to fill in this puzzle as quickly as I could. It was very boring the first time I did it. I think I turned my back to the audience and worked on this thing for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and then I turned around and said, I, I'm done. I made a crossword puzzle for you guys right now in real time. And then I turned to an audience member and I said, now remember 20 minutes ago, you picked a playing card. What was that playing card? And they said the seven of diamonds. And I said, take a look at this crossword puzzle. And I circled a hidden seven of diamonds that was on the diagonal of the crossword puzzle, which means not only am I, was I working with a cross and down, but I was also keeping in mind the diagonal as well, hiding this hidden answer. So truly, you make something brand new when you take different worlds and you combine them. I, I really think that synthesizing is how you can be the most creative. So people can see this in your show, The Enigmatist. That's right. We'll be announcing it very shortly for September at the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles. It is an immersive evening of illusions and puzzles, and it starts with an escape room that you have to solve to get into the show. And it's all about the history of code breaking in the US and there are a lot of secret layers to it some big surprises at the end i hope you guys can come out and see it i'm there i will i will definitely be there i cannot wait 
thank you so much. But I know that this is not the end. It's not. What's our next layer? What do you have planned for us? It's puzzle time. (laughs) So we have some audio puzzles for you. Jesse and I are going to, you know, try and flex here and answer them. So if you don't want our answer after you've listened to audio, there will be a little break. That's your time to pause. And then when you're ready to get the answer, because we gosh darn better get these answers right, (laughs) then you can click play and reveal the answer. Enjoy. Okay, this puzzle is inspired by Captain Marvel. And the word Marvel, M-A-R-V-E-L, is going to be the basis of this puzzle. I'm going to give you a category, and I would like you to come up with words from that category that start with the letter M, A, R, V, E, and L. So if I were to say elements, for example, from the periodic table, you might say mercury, you might say aluminum, ruthenium, vanadium, einsteinium, which is the only E, and uh, lithium for the letter L. And you can do them in any order. Here we go. Presidents of the United States. Last names. Oh, how dare you. Monroe. Monroe. There's your M. Monroe. Um, well, Lincoln. Very good. There's your L. Only one. Eisenhower. Great. That's the only E. Impressive. Voldemort. Voldemort. (laughs) Yep. That's the V. Very good. Yeah. 1924 to 1928. Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Uh-huh. We need an A and uh, maybe another V. (laughs) A V. Oh, a V. How about for the A, uh, second president for A? Oh, of course. Um, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. (laughs) Uh, President Anderson? (laughs) President Alabama. President... President President Australia. Adams? Adams. Adams. Yes, Adams. Good. All right. And V, we have Martin... Van Buren? Yes, Van Buren is correct. Very good. Thank you so much. Well, puzzle number one was a smash hit. What a success. Let's do puzzle number two. (laughs) Well, this puzzle was inspired, Jesse, by Raven's Banquet. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. And I love your show, by the way. My God. You do? I do. I do. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so happy. Thank you so much. And the bonus episode was just so touching. Thank you. Wow. You just made my day. All right. Raven's Banquet. Let's do it. I was thinking about birds and how you could hide the word raven inside the phrase brave new world. Between brave and new, you can Mm. spell the word raven, right? Right. The R-A-V-E from brave and the end that begins new. Mm -hmm. So I came up with a bunch of phrases. I'm going to say them to you. You tell me what bird is hidden (gasps) in them. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. Yes. And for all of them, the bird spans between two words. Here's your first one. Somewhere hidden in flow-like water. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's always between two words. Between two words. Owl. Owl is (gasps) correct. Between flow and like. Yeah. What can I say? I saw it. I saw it. I saw the word. Yes. (laughs) I wrote it down and then I saw it. I saw it. It was owl. Oh, it helps to write it down. Everybody at home, feel free to write these down. How about half inch? Oh, Finch. Finch. Yes. Very Amazing. Good. Nice. All right. Very good. All right. Here we go. Number three, head over heels. What bird? 
Dove. is hidden. Dove is correct. Very good, Brie. Head over heels. I'm just going to give you a quick little tip. Just put all the words together. Don't put spaces <laughs> between them. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't do that. Okay, I'm just sorry. kidding. We'll you can, you can totally do that. No, I love it. Do whatever you got to do okay. to get through these, okay. these perilous those, puzzles. Those Don't do that. <laughs> yep. There is a bird called a plains wanderer. P-L-A-I-N-S wanderer. What bird is in plains wanderer? It's a bird inside a bird. It's okay. What is it? Swan? Swan. Swan! <laughs> Swan! <laughs> okay, what is it? Swan? <laughs> That was concession followed by victory immediately. That was amazing. <laughs> That's my style. Okay, ready? Next yes. one. Three Musketeers. Emu. Emu, yes, Jesse. Very you good. could even go emus. You, emus. There would be many oh, emus. Okay. <laughs> We're calling this puzzle foul language, I've decided. <laughs> Thank you. All right. How about... Low rent housing. How about it? Mm-hmm. We all love it. Yes. But do you love the bird that is hidden inside a low rent housing? Hmm. Do I know this bird? Wren. <gasps> yes, it's a wren. Wren. Beautiful, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I've gained a lot of confidence over the course of these puzzles. <laughs> all right, two more. How about um, Central Arkansas? Lark. <gasps> yes, yes, Lark. Yes, Jesse, yes. Lark, the herald angel sing. Sort of, yes. Jesse <laughs> is a puzzle king. That was great. One more, here we go. <laughs> okay. Last one. Another one bites the dust. Ooh. I gave you a lot of words. Yeah, that's, that's, this that's, is a, fun. that's a big one. Is there a bird called a hero? A heron. Very good. Heron. Yes. Oh, nice. Between another one. Uh-huh. We worked together on that Excellent. one. Excellent. Okay. Last puzzle. Okay. Are you ready for puzzle number yes. three? Yes. I'm so okay. excited. Puzzle three. Get excited. Oh, I'm I'm excited. I'm riding high on the puzzle high right now. Mm-hmm. I know about birds. So puzzle number three has to do with letter deletions. And I'm going to give you a clue. And the answer will be a two-word phrase. You can get the second word by deleting a letter from the first word. So, for example, if I were to say a shining light of a pork product, the answer would be bacon beacon, because you take beacon and you delete one letter to get bacon. In this case, it was the letter E. Those two words can come in either order, right? You can put the longer one first. You might have surface resistance that is all made up might be friction fiction. Mm. The first word friction, you delete the letter R to get fiction. Fiction. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And I encourage everybody to try this at home and write down both words as your answer. And I hope both of you will do it right now. Okay. So here we go. Your first clue is snowman from frozen who is a buffoon. Olaf? Olaf is the snowman from Frozen. Very good. Can you get a buffoon by deleting a letter or adding a letter? From the word Olaf? Yes. Oaf? Oaf is a buffoon. Very good. Olaf Oaf is number one. All right, here we go. Yes, and write that down. Write that down. Okay. Olaf Oaf. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. Happiness for a baby kangaroo. So a roo. Roo is not, not a what baby I'm going kangaroo. for. There's a there's a, a another Pouch. scientific name for a baby kangaroo. Happiness for a baby kangaroo. Babies. Aren't they called babies? No. Joey's. Joey's. Yes, a Joey's baby kangaroo. Can you add or delete a letter from Joey to get happiness? Joy. Joy. Joey, Joy is happiness Joey, for a baby kangaroo. Joy. Nice. Cool. Number three. Okay. Adores units of bread to adore. A-D-O-R-E-S. Adores. Adores units. Slice. When you adore something, what do you... What do you do? Love. Mm-hmm. Loves. Can you add or delete a letter to loves to get? Loves. Yes. Loves. Loves is a doors units of bread. Loves. All right. For this one, you got to think like a magician. That's why I love this one. Here we go. <gasps> Voila. Basil sauce. Pesto. Presto. Yes. Pesto. Yes, presto. so good. All right. How about this? Actress Larson's salty water. Tears. <laughs> How dare you? Salty Actress. water. Your salty water. They're called tears. Actress Larson. So free. Very good. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Was that hard? Was that one hard for you? So free. Um, <laughs> salty hmm. water. How salty. about salty water for pickling? Vinegar. No, um, uh, it's, um, uh, what's, brine. Yes, free brine. Free brine. Oh. Actress Larson, salty water. Free brine. I love brine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this? A liquid from your server at the restaurant. Water. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Waiter. Yes, very good. Waiter water. A liquid from your server at the restaurant. All right. Waiter water. Okay, next one. The cost of something for the artist formerly known as. Hmm. That's hard. So Prince Price. Oh, Prince Price. Yes, Prince Price. Very good. I was like, oh, now we got to use a symbol. This is going to be really hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one. Place in a house for the bride's partner. Place in the house for the bride's partner. Groom's room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, groom room. Very good. You crushed that one. Okay. Next one. Ariel the mermaid's best friend who started a tech company. Flounder founder. Flounder founder. <laughs> Very good. Here we go. Next one. List of every male chicken in attendance. Rooster roster. Yes. It's the rooster roster. Very good. This is so fun. Okay, next one. Actress Jessie's game of love, question mark. Love is in quotes, question mark. Some wordplay. What's a game of love? Tennis. Tennis. Tennis, tennis. Tennis, tennis. Very good. Game of love. Okay, last one. Stand-up that is as vast as the universe. (gasps) 
comedy comet? Pretty close. A person who is a stand-up is a... Comedian. Oh, comic. Comic. Oh. Comic. Comic. Can you add a letter oh, to it? Comic Cosmos? Cosmic. Cosmic is comic correct. Cosmic. Yes, Cosmic Comic is a stand-up <laughs> that is as vast as the universe. Okay, but guess what? There's a secret message. <gasps> Take a look at the pairs of words and circle the deleted letter in each one. Oh, you're kidding me right now. You are kidding me. I see what's happening and I'm going to cry. <gasps> I know what it is. Yes. That's so cool of you. <laughs> Aha moment. What Aha is it? Aha moment. It's learning, learning lots. lots. Learning lots is correct. Very good. Oh my gosh. What a delight. Oh gosh. That is amazing. Thank you so much. I'm really moved by that. It was so My pleasure. Fun. Okay, there's so just fun. five more puzzles to do. Great. <laughs> Should we do some more? <laughs> Great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so that made me laugh and cry at the same time. I'm so moved. As you know, I'm just in awe of your mind and who you are, and I'm just so grateful to be friends with you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Yes, thank you for taking the time to make those puzzles. I just appreciate it. Well, it was my pleasure. And I can't wait for you guys to see me live and everybody else listening. Please come to LA and uh, hopefully the Enigmatist will be there in September and we'll all feel smart together. I cannot wait. Looking forward to it. You were right. You were totally right. What was I right about? I think you're super cool for knowing him and for introducing me <laughs> to the world of audio puzzles. Oh, yeah. Puzzles of all kinds. It's really a special thing. I mean, having magical friends, like literal magical friends, it's a very special thing that I highly recommend. That was so cool. I hope our listeners followed along with a piece of paper and a pencil because that was really rewarding. I loved at the end the big second reveal. <laughs> it was so fun. And it's about us. <laughs> it's all about us. I feel like we got the aha moment that part of what makes puzzles so satisfying is that feeling of completion, the feeling of using your brain, solving a problem, and feeling smart. Yes. I felt really great when he brought up storytelling, and I was like, I knew it. I knew it. These are some of the best moments with our podcast. Well, really the best moments are when they say something completely unexpected. I love when you just straight up learn something you didn't expect, but it's very redeeming to say something in the intro and then have somebody bring it up unprompted during the interview. I felt extra strong. I felt yeah. muscle. I felt my Popeye muscle. Any fun facts you learned about the crossword puzzle? I didn't know about the black squares having to be symmetrical. I mm -hmm. never even realized that looking at a crossword puzzle. I'm not that great at solving puzzles. <laughs> I'm really good at a jigsaw puzzle. You did great. You did great. Thank you. Well, I learned a lot. I learned about some controversial words in Scrabble. Yes. It's always just great hearing my friends talk and say really interesting things. And I'm now just feeling jazzed to go crack open a puzzle. Me too. I'm going to go blow off all of my work and just do a puzzle now. And maybe even eat some Zaw. <laughs> I don't know what that is. All I know is, za? You mean the thing that ruined Scrabble? <laughs> Sorry, but Zah's canceled. Sorry, Zah. No. 
<laughs> no desire. We like pizza. Oh, well, thank you for being here with me, Jesse. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me to your cool friend. That was super fun. Thanks to our listeners. This was cool. See you next time. Bye. Bye.